everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I just found out it is National Sarcastic Awareness Month. And frankly, I don't know how I just found out. According to Yami Shachter, he assumed that I had made today, or I should say this month, National Sarcastic Awareness Month. But no, I had not. And so Yummy Shachter and I, and now it seems Avi Lauer, have all joined in the discussion on Facebook. If you're not following on Facebook <laughs> this crazy discussion that has erupted in the last 10 minutes, I highly recommend that you do. It is quite entertaining. And I'm a little bit offended that anyone th- should think that I am not the spokesperson for National Sarcastic Awareness Month. I mean, I'm very aware of just how sarcastic I am. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, right before Nahum's Live Lunch. I am joined by Houston Astros fan Yoni Pollock. To quickly move off that subject, do any of you guys work or are you just... You no, just we just were on Facebook all day. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. And by the way, the alerts that are coming up on yeah. my, <laughs> my computer right now... Are you going right to be able now? to get through this show? I don't know. I'm okay. so distracted. Yeah, I know. That's it's also I mean. ADHD Awareness Month. <laughs> Look at that. Right, which for me I celebrate as well. Um, but nevertheless, I, I like how you diverted from the Houston Astros thing. We're, we're going to get back to that. I don't know what you're talking about. And we're going to get back to that. But I do want to discuss for the moment mm-hmm. who you think should be the poster child for National Sarcastic Awareness Month. And what does that mean? What does that mean to be aware of sarcasm? Does it have to be like a celebrity, someone I know? Does I, athlete, I, I mean, I, I would say somebody sitting across their desk from you right now. I don't know because I always say that ninety-eight. This is what I tell my friends, my roommates, everyone okay. involved in my life. That ninety-eight point seven percent of the things that come out of my mouth are sarcastic. So like, never take me seriously. Right. So yeah, but know. you're also you're Houston sarcastic. Oh, That's not the same as being New York sarcastic. Oh. So if you want me to make you the poster woman of this. Correct. Month and we could we could do. It. I would say it would be me. All right, smile for the picture. Exactly. What up? There we go. Um, two the, fingers up. Great. Exactly. Two fingers. Um, the 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 thing is, my kids. I have to be completely honest with you. Really find my consistent sarcastic nature annoying. Um, that is. I mean, if they're listening, and they shouldn't be, because they should all be in class. Right. Um, but like you should be off Facebook. But right. Listen, it's all circumstantial. Be quiet. <laughs> it's all circumstantial with. With like sarcasm, you just got to know when to use it. And I know, but it's so my default. So yeah, at, oh, exactly. So right. especially with my sons, they'll be like, "Are you being sarcastic?" Whatever I say, you being sarcastic. And when I say to them, "No, this is my," I'm being serious. They're like, "Oh, oh, we don't recognize that side." Right. That's that's right. The problem. So it's sarcastic a problem. People. Yeah, I have that same issue. It's people. a problem. Yeah, but again, they gotta learn. They'll yeah, learn. but Houston and New York. I'm sorry. Okay, fine. Listen to me. Yummy Shachter might live in Canada, but mm-hmm. he's still a New Yorker. So his New York sarcasm went with him to Canada. But I've been here for like seven doesn't years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, I, I don't think you can, I, I don't think you're going to get there. Okay. It's a level. Fine. Um, Avi Lauer, also sarcastic, a mm-hmm. New Yorker. Okay. Um, I, again, people who move out of New York, you can take your sarcasm with you. Feel 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 free to celebrate with us here, still in New York. Oh, so I can't even celebrate it. You all. can, but oh, you okay. can celebrate from afar. Okay, fine. <laughs> you can stand I'll on go the to a side. Room and exactly. Exactly. Find okay. some other people from Houston. Okay. You know, more expats. Let's text my friends. Stand over there and be like, "Oh, we wish we could be sarcastic like those New Yorkers." That's a different level. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? No, but sure. <laughs> okay, so let's just talk for a second. Um, first of all, we did not win last night. Uh, neither did anyone else. Right. Right. So what did I lose last night? Which game? Which game? Um, Powerball. Powerball? Yeah, you lost. What would I have won? 
three hundred. A gazillion dollars? Not a gazillion, but close. I don't know how many zeros are a gazillion. Right. Okay, but it doesn't matter. I don't need. I just want to make it very clear to those people who run the lottery. You don't need a gazillion. I don't need the whole jackpot. What do we think? Like ten? I don't. You know, fifty. Something like that. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter. I don't need the whole thing. I'm really not a pig. Some. Okay, I need the whole thing. If you're looking fine, fine, I do need the fine. Whole thing. Do you want to split it with me? Uh, I'll even go seventy thirty. You can have seventy. I no, I need the whole thing. Yeah, what? Greedy here. Right. I, I gotta set myself up for life. You don't want to. S- you know how many shoes I'm gonna buy when I win <laughs> the lottery. You don't want to sit next to a, <laughs> sit next to a cat again, do you? Yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about that. We we're gonna. I'm sure it'll. We're gonna come spend up. some time during the live lunch discussing some of the behind the scenes of our Israel trip last week. Um, suffice, and, and the planes. Right. Suffice it to say, the majority it. of the behind the scenes is really about the plane rides. To and from. Correct. I'd yeah. like to thank you for hyping up um, our up our experience before it happened on Flying United. Yeah, raise the roof, United. Yeah. Killed it. Uh, Flying United to and from Tel Aviv, all of which Yoni kept on saying, oh my God, it's going to change your life. To be fair, oh, the, it the changed my life, all right. We ran into on the way back, I think they handled it pretty well for you. Well, in general, I think that the flight home, because of the numerous issues that arose on that flight, not just related to me, everybody right. relax. Um, and by the way, I didn't bring that on myself, but that's whatever. We'll yeah, get yeah. to that during the live lunch. Next live show, lunch. Next show. Uh-huh. But I, um, and Nahum's listening to this going, if you're going to talk about it during the next show, stop talking about it now. Right. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Yell at us in yeah, we'll get minutes. to Miriam's right. um, We'll get to my show. But anyway, um, we're going to discuss the plane rides. We thank you, United, for for um, not missing an opportunity to miss an opportunity. But getting us there and back safely. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to tell you that those galleys... Um, the 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 unofficial areas where you can stand when you need to stretch your legs. They don't like what the passengers around there, folks. They don't like when you stand there for four to five hours. But that's what happens oh, when no. there's nowhere to sit. <laughs> okay, we can talk about this in a few minutes. Um, Karlbach fans, one week from today is the yard site of Reb Shlomo Karlbach. If you would like to sponsor any or all of our programming next Thursday in his memory or or in honor or memory of someone else, please go to fjbunity.org. The website is open 24 hours a day. And as always, we appreciate your support We and, uh, you, and your support of our continued commitment to bring you new, exciting, original, and timely content. So again, Karlbach Yardsite, one week from today. Reb Shlomo's Yardsite, one week from today. Sponsor that day of programming or even an hour, go to fjbunity.org. Let's go through today's national holidays. First of all, it's Conflict Resolution Day. Okay. Is that sarcastic? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's Which ca- conflict? Right. Well, I don't feel like we're resolving any conflicts today. Okay, fine. I'm just telling you I'm not participating. It's National Chocolate Cupcake Day. I'd yeah. be happy to participate in that. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I did mention to you before that I had gone to Dunkin' Donuts on my way here. They have a new gluten-free brownie, Yum. which is a nice option for us gluten-free people when they when we're at Dunkin' Donuts and you're feeling left out because everyone is eating something that looks 10 times better than your banana that you just chose from the counter. Right. Um, but there are 16 grams of fat in that small brownie. So um, I'm going to stick with the banana. Okay. It's also Meatloaf Appreciation Day. How do you feel about Meatloaf? I'm okay. You're I'm supposed different. to say I appreciate it. Okay, uh, fine. Um, all right, you just totally that. I appreciate it. Right, okay. Um, that's fine. It's International Necktie Day, something Yoni does 
not ever participate in. Uh, it's Newspaper Comic Strip Appreciation Day. Do you have a favorite comic? No. Archie. It's it's the one I know. Are you for real? Archie. What about Calvin and Hobbes? Archie. Archie and the Archie. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know what to say. Yeah, anyhow. Uh, Yoni. I could be sarcastic right now, but I'm Calvin not and Hobbes? Me. You don't know what Calvin and Hobbes is? No, nah, I've heard of them. I can't tell you anything about them, but I know them. It's like Lewis and Clark, you know, Calvin and Hobbes. Like, name a better iconic duo. Stop talking. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I am joined this morning by Dr. Jeffrey Lichtman. He is the international director of Yachad, um, of Yachad, I don't know why I'm stuttering, of Yachad, and he is the dean of the Ivdu schools. He is the international director of Yachad, the National Jewish Council for the Disabled, and a consultant to schools and agencies working with individuals who have special needs. A psychologist with many years of experience in both regular and special education, Dr. Lichtman holds master's degrees in school psychology and education from St. John's University and NYU. He received his undergraduate and rabbinical training from Yeshiva University, where he also completed his doctorate. Jeff is a member of the New Jersey Department of Education Non-Public School Advisory Commission and past president of the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. He resides in West Orange, where I'm sure he is enjoying the new supermarket there. And I welcome Dr. Lichtman to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Miriam. Yes, we do like the new Aaron. <laughs> yeah, Hatzlacha to everyone there, that's for sure. I also want to make mention that um, Dr. Lichtman is also the very proud father of Adina Lichtman, who was named in J- the Jewish Week's 36 Under 36 for her founding and powerhouse performance of Knock Knock Give a Sock, which is the unbelievable um, organization which she founded. She is really someone, first of all, that I've had the opportunity, and I, I do say the privilege of having on my program in the past she is um she is a light unto nations and we are very proud of her well that's very nice of you to say i'm very proud i'm very proud of all of my children um but i'm certainly very proud of her also so thank you for those kind words no my pleasure um the the interesting thing dr lichtman is when i when um i invited you on the show I, i sort of had a a vision as to where i was going with the conversation meaning i had wanted to discuss um advances in technologies that improve the lives of people with disabilities and then i stopped myself because I realized that just the words coming out of my mouth in, seemed to have a bias or a, an opinion about the lives that people with disabilities are living, as if they need to be improved. And so I, I started doing some research and into languages, into terms like adaptive technology and assist, assistive technology, things that I are, are really not stuff that comes across my desk, frankly, but I'm sure you're very familiar with. But I wonder if we can just start the discussion with, are we, as people who are, or you and I, for example, or me, or I I can put myself out there, am I um, framing my question insensitively? Am I putting my opinion or bias in terms of the lives that I think that people with disabilities are living by saying that there are ways that we can make them better? So, um... Look, I, I, I would answer that, I think, in a couple of ways. First of all, thank you for asking the question. And that's, I think, really the starting point is, you know, we always have to reflect and not make assumptions about other people and other situations, whether they have disabilities or don't have disabilities. 
Um, and, and frankly, that's, I think, the, the human challenge often is that we do make assumptions about people constantly, constantly. Uh, in nanoseconds, we do, and then we're wired even to do so. And I think our challenge as human beings is to take that, that, those natural instincts to constantly be making um, decisions about people and judgments about people and to be taking a step back and, and, and checking, reflecting ourselves and reflecting with those that we're, we're talking about. When it comes specifically to people with, you know, to people with disabilities, the first thing that, that, that I have to say, and you know this, but I, it can't be said too much, is that, um, you know, if there are, you know, just to make up a concrete number, if there are three million people in the world with disabilities, then there are three million different people with disabilities. Mm. And the disability community is huge, not just in terms of numbers, but in complexity. Um, every disability tends to be a spectrum of disability um, so that if you take autism, just as an example, which more and more people are familiar with, right. um, the autism spectrum, uh, you have individuals, you know, who are cognitively, intellectually are not challenged um, as such, but who have communication and social challenges, and you have other people who, with the social and communication challenges, are very intellectually challenged and everything in between. So the problem is that when we talk about people, again, just to stick with this example, people with, with autism, um, that you meet somebody with autism, that becomes autism, but it's not. It's only one small reflection of autism. No different, frankly, than I, I, I think, you know, if you said, you know, I, I work with kindergarten-age children, right? Well, every kindergarten-age child is different. Are there certain commonalities? Sure. But, but pretty broad, and, and, and once you say that, you know, five, six-year-olds, you know, typically developmentally share certain things in common, after that, they all become really unique. And then as part of that, just to just to pivot from that, each person with a disability f faces their disability differently and also feels about their different, like, has a different kind of feeling towards their disability, whether or not, I guess, they feel it is a disability in the first place or just something that makes them unique. That is so true. And that just goes to personality, right? Every right. person, every human being has personality. And, and disabilities, not disabilities, we all bring our different perspectives and our different personality to the table around our perspective if we have disabilities or around our perspective about everything, right? You know, you and I can, you know, right, say, oh, you know, this person has a great life because they they're wealthy, they're this, they're that, they have a big family, they have a what, you know, and we don't, first of all, we don't know, you know, we don't know if it's true or not, but even if it is true, it doesn't mean that that person feels that way or looks at those things that way. So there's, it's not really objective, it's, it's, it's pretty subjective right. as how we view our lives and, 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 and things in them. Years ago, there was a TV program, I was much younger when I, when I saw this episode, I don't even remember what show it was, but there was a child who had a significant, hear, or suffered from a significant hearing loss, and the parents were um, interested in researching the cochlear implants, and which would have given their child, I don't know if it would have been complete hearing, but definitely an improved you know, hearing ability. And the the pushback that they got from the non-hearing community 
was to me, it was something that was left such an impression on my mind that I remember that conflict in that TV episode today, that they were so offended that the parents would, would try and take the child out of that community where he already existed and put that put him in the hearing community that it, it left this kind of, I mean, I remember watching this episode and it didn't occur to me Frankly, I mean, it was years ago before that we looked at people and disabilities and challenges differently than we do today. We are certainly a more educated public. I think we can both agree to that. But it, it left such an impression to me because I didn't imagine that someone would choose to stay non-hearing as opposed to joining the hearing community because they faced their disability that way. And that, to me, was a very eye-opening experience. So that's a great you know, starting point, if you will, for talking about different disability communities and how they relate to, to, to technology, I would say to you that probably um, the deaf community or the hearing impaired community um, has been most affected by the advances of technology in a positive way. In other words, advances in technology and specifically the cochlear implant, although not limited to that, but that's the primary advance, uh, advance that, that's, that's potentially um, changed the landscape for the, um, for the deaf and hearing impaired community. And you hit the nail on the head. In that particular community, you know, I, you know, Miriam, that we're all about inclusion, that right. Yachad's mission is inclusion. And, and we have our way, which is a division uh, you know, of, of our agency, which specifically serves the deaf and hearing impaired. And, um, you know, 30 plus years ago when I, you know, was getting involved with them, I, it was a real eye-opener to me, as it, as it was to you through this TV show, that people in the deaf community had their own deaf culture, took pride in that deaf culture. They had their own language. Think about what culture, right, you know, right. language often goes, you know, as a part of culture. And they have, you know, sign language, which is its own language. Right. They have their own deaf culture and um, weren't necessarily looking for inclusion. They wanted <laughs> services, but, you know, some wanted inclusion, but many didn't. Fast forward to the, about 10 years ago, roughly, and when many of the um, advances around the cochlear implant came into play, and what you described in that TV show is exactly what played out in the deaf community. Um, at first, the, the parents of children who could have be given cochlear implants, many of them wanted nothing to do with it. We have our own deaf community. We have our own deaf culture. I don't want my child now being joining, if you will, the hearing world and leaving our community. Um, and what, what's happened, it's interesting, there, there, as you could, could probably imagine in that particular community, there was something of a generational divide. I wouldn't, right. wouldn't peg it completely that way. But certainly older parents, you know, were less inclined towards it as a group. Younger parents, younger first-time, first-child parents were more open to it, having also grown up in a more... Um, you know, inclusive, changing and inclusive and open and, and more educated, broader, you know, community. Right. I think what's happened in the last decade is that there's been a, a, a slow, but I would say steady movement towards embracing cochlear implants and the associated technology. But 
there is still a, uh, you know, a small but significant, you know, group of uh, individuals who want nothing to do with this. It's unbelievable. It's really, it's it's quite fascinating. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Dr. Jeffrey Lichman joins me. He is the International Director of Yachad, the National Jewish Council for Disabilities, and a consultant to schools and agencies working with individuals who have special needs. Um, I, you know, it's funny, you talk about our way, and, and we, we've sort of drifted into the conversation about the deaf community. One of the things that I like the most, and I say this sincerely, um, that uh, in terms of mailings that I get from various organizations is that I like that around Hanukkah time, I get a card in the mail. Um, and also I think around Purim as well with the, with the brachot on the Megillot, if I'm not mistaken, of the sign language for the different brachas, the, the different blessings that we say both over the, you know, before candlelighting for the menorah and also around Megillah time. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. And in fact, around around Purim time, we have a PowerPoint Megillah reading right. that we share with, uh, I think last year it was well over 200, you know, uh, synagogues, shuls, and, and, and other entities, some army bases um, around the world as well. And, and uh, which I, I want to tell you that, that I think one of the really um, key things to, when, when you, to think about uh, as it relates to disabilities and technology is that so often, um, things that we do to benefit a particular community, in this case we're talking about, you know, the people with disabilities, um, benefit the entire community. Right. We just don't know it. Right. Um, so the, the PowerPoint, McGillar reading is a good example of that, so that it's not just for people who are deaf or impaired, but it's for people who might be hyperactive and have ADHD, <laughs> you know, or it might be for, for elderly people who are not per se you know, deaf or hearing impaired, but our, you know, their hearing is deteriorating. Right. Um, universal design is the notion that we, you know, that, that we create something that's for a population. Um, the, um, oh, uh, the, the term is uh, when we have, um, uh, forgive me, um, the, the term is jumping out of my head, but when we have um, a closed captioning, right? Mm-hmm. Closed captioning on TV uh, was, you know, designed for a particular population. However, it benefits the entire population. I think they, they, they did some research and they found that, you know, a huge, uh, a majority percentage of Americans will watch TV with closed captioning, <laughs> even though they're not deaf or hearing impaired. Right. And this, by the way, and even if that necessary, that, that, adaptation, if that's the word that we're going to use, um, to whatever the activity is, is not something you use, at least as a community, we become aware that there are people who need it. And I think that that is one of, the, and that to me is one of the, the the things that I love most about receiving that card around Purim and around Hanukkah is that it reminds me that there are, there are tremendous facets of our Jewish community who deserve the opportunity to be included. And this is all we have to do to do so. What an easy, I'm going to use the word fix, but what an easy fix, what a wonderful opportunity. So when you have this PowerPoint that again, can meet the needs of so many other people, look at the, the, the those of us who don't need that, that adaptation for the moment, we at least are being educated. We are being made aware that there are those who do need it, and we should do what we can to make sure that they are included. Amen. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. Um, and and I, I think, so to my mind, 
Um, you know, it, it, technology is a tool, and um, like anything, like any tool, it can be used for the good or for the bad. Um, and and you need to have the right attitude when you're using a tool, being careful about using it and why you're using it and, and looking, hopefully, you know, to include everybody. It, it boggles my mind. I don't understand why offering a PowerPoint McGillivray reading, why every single synagogue does not say, yes, please send it to us. Right. I just don't understand it, frankly. But um, I, I also want to tell you that, that I, I think that technology, um, again, to go back to, you know, they're, they're, each person is a unique individual, but there are different communities, if you will, of different kinds of disability. We, we've spoken, you know, a, a bit about the, the deaf and hearing impaired community that I think particularly benefits potentially. I think the, the other broad, large community that benefits in particular from technology are those with physical challenges, the mobility impaired and others. Um, so much of the technology that has um, been evolving and developing really um, can radically change people's lives in terms of their accessibility to life, right, in terms of their getting into the building, in terms of their being able to read or write. Uh, you know, there are uh, um, the, constantly there is new technology that's being developed. There's, there's something called, I think, um, Sesame um, Phone, which is a smartphone that's been developed. I think it comes out of Israel, actually, um, that is, was developed for people who can't manipulate and use a smartphone, as most people can, but still gives them the ability to, you know, to have a smartphone and to be able to communicate, you know, and use, you know, utilize everything that a smartphone brings to it. Um, so it, it, people with physical challenges in particular have also benefited from advances in technology. I also want to tell you that while much has been developed and is being developed, there still is the challenge that many of these devices are expensive. Right. And right. so, you know, they're not necessarily uh, being made available, if you will, in large-scale ways to people with disabilities at this point in time. Hopefully, you know, as, as, as time goes on, you know, and things are, you know, uh, you know develop and, 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 and are perfected, hopefully the cost will go down also and will be made more available to a larger, you know, swath of the population. Absolutely. Dr. Jeffrey Luchman has joined us this morning. He is the International Director of Yachad National Jewish Council for Disabilities. Dr. Luchman, as always, I thank you very much, first of all, for taking the time and for having what, what I found to be a fascinating conversation, but also for your continued hard work. 30-plus years is a very long time. So, so thank you. Uh, Personally, I thank you on behalf of the Jewish community for your for your tireless efforts on behalf of the entire Jewish community. Very sweet of you. Thank you. And if I can, I'd like to make one other comment, which sure. might um, seem a little strange. We're talking about technology and the benefits of technology to, um, to people with disabilities. So now I want to... Um, uh, go in a slightly different direction, and I, 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 I feel pretty strongly that um, I've just mentioned two communities that I think in particular benefit um, from the advances of technology. There are many, many, many other people with a wide array of different kinds of disabilities and, um, and who do not, you know, uh, for whom technology is not particularly um, beneficial, if you will. 
Um, but more than that, I, I, I want to get on a soapbox for a second and talk about technology for society at large. And um, you don't have to, you know, I, I, as I'm speaking with you, I'm picturing a lunchroom in a school, and it could be a lunchroom in virtually any school. And um, you go into the lunchroom, and you see the children sitting there, and you see them not speaking with each other, not interacting mm. and connecting with each other, but actually um, each on their different, you know, on their cell phones, on their right. iPhones, on their, um, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Um, it seems to me that the purpose of, of, of school, you know, the primary purpose, frankly, is socialization. And, and when it comes to people with disabilities, the primary challenge, perhaps, or amongst the primary challenges, are socialization. So on the one hand, technology um, can be, like, like any tool, can be used for good or bad, and it can be positive, but I think very often um, it, it isn't necessarily. And you could be on Facebook and have a thousand friends and yet feel very isolated and very alone and not really have much social interaction. Right. So I think we have to be very careful. Uh, and this is not just for people with disabilities, but I think for all of us um, to be very careful about how we use technology and, and how not to over-rely on technology and how almost not to be taken over by technology to where we almost, uh, you know, lose the human side and, and, and lose the most important things. Thank God for Shabbat. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, like, at least there's one day a week where, you know, those of us who observe Shabbat, you know, step back and, right. and, 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 and move away from the technology. I think it's very important, and I think that uh, we need to, um, you know, look at the benefits, but, but work with it carefully. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and yes, every single week I appreciate Shabbos more and more, and I, and I, and I say that sincerely. It doesn't, it doesn't um, it's not lost on me. The importance of Shabbos as a person who depends on technology and more than that, whose entire livelihood depends on technology. Right, right. Um, you know, it's uh, I uh, Nahum jokes that we work from Havdalah to candlelighting. Right. And and it's true. And I and I thank God for the opportunities I'm being given in this studio. But I also thank God sincerely, obviously, for Shabbos and appreciate the forethought that when that when we were commanded to observe and to um, and to keep Shabbos holy, that we were given that commandment generations before someone was going to develop a smartphone, and it is um, and it is an absolute blessing with which we receive the Shabbos every single week. I joke sometimes to myself that maybe smartphones are not so smart, mm, and indeed. and you indeed. and you say that about children interacting and losing opportunities to interact because they're engaged with technology. And, and and it's certainly not something that, that should be lost on this audience. We all struggle with that. And there are benefits to technology, 100%. As you say, everything has its pluses and its minuses. You can use your power for good, and you can use your power for evil. But exactly. th there's an opportunity to put down that phone, to encourage children to interact. I mean, to play a board game, right? Yes. Right. Play a board game. It's so important. Dr. Lichtman, again, I, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, our listeners are wondering, it's 11 o'clock. I've gone overtime. Yes, I have, but it has been 100% worth it. I'm pretty sure Nahum would agree with me. And when he gets in here and we begin the live lunch, I'm sure he will agree with me. Um, Dr. Lichtman, people can be in touch with you via email, L-I-C-H-T-M-A-N-J at O-U dot org. Sure, absolutely. Excellent. And I'm, I'm going to plug Yachad um, for all its wonderful work. Everyone depends on donations. If you are um, 
if you're appreciative of everything that Yaha does for the Jewish community, where can someone make a donation? Um, to Yachad. I mean, uh, you can simply call or go online uh, to the Yachad website, and uh, we would be most appreciative of, of any support that people wish to offer. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning that. Not at all. Not at all. We all need each other to survive. Dr. Lichtman, I, I wish you the best, and I continued good luck and uh, wonderful work for the Jewish community. Thank you, Miriam. You too. Thanks so much. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and yes, I have um, independently uh, supersized my show, but I very much appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation with Dr. Lichtman. The live lunch will start in just a few moments. Um, I, I guess at the conclusion of That's Life, we will go straight to the live lunch hosted by Nahum Siegel, and of course, at 1 p.m., it is Throwback Thursday. At 4 p.m., it is the encore opportunity for JM Rewind. If you did not hear it earlier in the week, you can certainly hear it then. And at 7 o'clock, it's the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by our friends at Kedem tomorrow morning. Don't miss the weekly update with Malcolm Holmline that's on JM in the AM with Nahum at 7.40 a.m., followed by a brand new episode of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman, and then the encore presentation of the Arab Shabbos show starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull, Matzei Shabbos, Motzei Shabbat, he lives in Israel, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then, of course, Sunday morning with Matis. JM Sunday starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. JM and the AM concluded this morning with a song I absolutely, absolutely love. I asked Nachum what it was, and his answer was, it was Lev Echad by Yidl. So Nachum closed with it on JM and the AM this morning. I am closing with it today on That's Life. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Matamar, 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 Matamar,
Shema Ye 